Welcome to the Harm Slayer Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Jordan. And today we're going to talk about forced creativity. And what the heck is it, man? What is it? What good is it anyway? That's a good question. What good is it? You may never have heard of it, but it's it's a thing. It's a thing we learned in school, technically. Like, the term, forced creativity. Well, that's where we learned it. But, right. I don't know. So, here's what I think of when I hear forced creativity. In school, we were both film students. And in school, we learned that you can't just come up with ideas all on your own. This is what our professors sound like. You gotta... They were all hicks. We gotta... <laughs> We gotta force it into you. So, so basically, forced creativity, from my understanding, is like a set of limits that might seem unnecessary, and that are forced upon you. That like, like parameters Hmm. that will keep you from exercising your craft normally, and and kind of force your brain to like grow in different directions, Mm -hmm. so that you can develop skills you wouldn't normally develop under normal circumstances so if you and i were just going to sit down and make a movie we -hmm. would start writing the script we would think about uh the themes we want the story the characters blah 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 and we do it how we want we get the people we want an example of a limit on that would be like okay but you have to use no sound like it has to be a silent film right even though we didn't set out to make a silent film now we have that limitation and it's like Okay, you're forced into this box, you have to do it. Or another more like applicable like use of forced creativity would be which happened to us in school a lot is like you have to work uh you have to make a documentary about uh pinball machines. Right. And you have to do it with these people that you've never worked with before. Or you just have to make a a documentary that has this theme. We had to pick a theme in the documentary course. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and it was like, I think it was passion? Passion? Yeah, it was like, what are you passionate about? Yeah, what are you passionate about? But like the first, the first week it was like, everybody make just make a documentary mm-hmm. and then like claim a theme within it and then whoever's is the best will go with that for the whole class that's for right. the rest yeah, of the semester. Yeah, that's what we did. Like, I did one on cult followings. I was like, I'm gonna, I want all of our assignments to be about cult followings of like music, TV shows, cartoons, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, movies and like... I mean, looking back, that's it's pretty hard. I mean, it's doable, but for a bunch of college students that have other yeah. classes, that wasn't very realistic, so it didn't get picked. But the one that got picked, you're right, was passion, which is really, really broad. So it was like kind was, of forced creativity because it was like it wasn't so hard. Yeah, it was like every week you got to make a documentary about something that about someone who is passionate about something, and that's like that's it. But, right, but you couldn't branch out love. from that. Mm-hmm. You couldn't like branch out. And what it does or what it's supposed to do is like rat out where you actually have genuine talent mm-hmm. or where you have genuine intelligence to uh, uh, like adapt and overcome yeah. the challenges. Right. Is that right? I think that's, I think that's <laughs> correct. There's another part of force creativity also that says even if you remove those parameters like you were saying – it's just saying, okay, person X, you need to make this thing, and it needs to be done. It's just college assignments, you know? It has to be turned in on this date mm-hmm. because what can happen is people will take a piece of work, any art, any form, and they will just, they'll just keep 
rehashing it and reloading it over and over and they'll edit it and they'll edit it and it's just never quite good enough and it never really gets done. It never gets mm-hmm. finished or completed. So forced creativity can also be in that kind of spectrum as well. Just saying, hey, you have a deadline, you got to get it done. So it doesn't matter if you're not, if you don't think it's perfect, doesn't matter. It has to get turned in. Yeah. So like in that aspect then, and this might be opening up a can of worms, but <laughs> uh, college yep. is like forced creativity everywhere. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a media student or like an yeah. art student like we were, because it's like, I want to write this essay, this research paper. You know, mm-hmm. and I have to get like my five sources and I have to cite them and I have to put them in and I have to work them in and I have to have a like a thesis statement and all that crap <laughs> that I, making me angry just remembering. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so you got to put all that together, right? Yep. But like you said, there's a deadline and it, and it has to be on this topic. Right. Really, that's forcing your creativity, even if it's yeah. a strictly academic paper. So in the realm of film, often our forced creativity was specific to cameras, mm-hmm. hardware we have to use. Right. Hardware people, we couldn't use. Yeah. People we have to work with, software, right. editing software we have to use. So what we're trying to get to is not like whether or not forced creativity is, is used, but whether or not it is like like we know the term is used, but is it actually a real thing? And also mm-hmm. another part of that is, is it useful? And if it is useful, how much is too much? Yeah. And so, cir- so yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so we defined the question. So c- circling back then. Right. Um, in college, if, if you are, if forced creativity is being used on you all the time in all of your courses and everything, isn't that kind of like saying like it's relative in such a way that is saying like if if you're using forced creativity in every aspect of everything, is that just regular creativity then? Cause, <laughs> uh, cause you of. have to be creative, right. To like right. adapt to your situation, regardless of what you're doing, even right. a little bit, even, even a very, like a person who did not receive any kind of uh, formal education, right. Has to use their creativity when they are say coming up on like, a traffic signal that's turning what? red and it's like, do I speed through it or do I stop? Is that you know, creativity like, or is that just critical thinking? So yeah, I think it is. Well, that's really, no, no, I think like, I think forced creativity is just forced. Creativity is just basically critical thinking turned up. It's like the same thing of being at a traffic signal, the traffic being at a traffic, at the traffic signal, the traffic signal down the road. But it's like being at a stoplight, why did I say traffic signal? I said it. <laughs> Help. It's like being there. It's that same. You're still engaging the same machinery in your mind. Like, oh, I got to make a decision for here and here. It's just like constant decisions. But you just take that concept and you just make more decisions. Because like even someone who doesn't have a necessary deadline, like let's say someone's writing a book or a script or whatever or a or something you know mm-hmm. it's on their own nobody's keeping them to a a deadline like they can be creative about why they don't make progress they can be like oh i can't do it today <laughs> sounds like you're speaking from experience a true it. procrastinator yeah, yeah. True. exactly i mean it can go it can get it can get really messy <laughs> so yeah so 
I guess the next part of this then is, is it a good idea or a bad idea to force, to make someone utilize mm-hmm. force creativity? And not necessarily in the moment, but does it yield like positive results over time? Hmm. Now, my answer, spoiler to that, is assuming creativity is a is forced creativity is a real thing. My answer would be yes, because like if you think back to like our first film classes, like intro to cinema. Yeah. We had like freedom to do whatever the heck we wanted. There was no forced creativity. It was just be creative. So well, there were some. We had to make a documentary about ourselves, like a yeah. But it was like hard. Like (laughs) Ben Sholly was like (laughs) our professor. He was just like, I don't care how long it is, and you can be about you can do it any way you want. You know, like who the heck cares? What did you do for yours? (laughs) I don't remember. I just did. Mine was very run of the mill. I think it was just like me filming myself holding a camera and like walking around and it's just like <laughs> who am i and i was like going through like a really cheesy slideshow showing like pictures of myself like oh i'm just your average it must have been average because i can't remember it <laughs> it was it was very forgettable yours was an interview show the joint interview show <laughs> it was... yes it was me interviewing myself yeah i guess we'll we have should to show that we should play we should here's a bite from from the jordan interview show oh boy Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We have our uh, young guest here, Mr. Jordan. We have a few uh, questions here from the fans, uh, starting with, do you enjoy sports? Uh, some of our fans, I guess, are wondering what kinds of athletic activities you like to do in your spare time. Well, yes. Yes, I do, actually. Well, then, could you tell us? Me? Yes. Yes, you, uh want to tell us uh, what kind of sports you like to play? Ah, uh, yes. I like to sit down and play a good old game of bad kitten. That's, uh, that's badminton, not bad kitten. And, uh, man Caleb, uh, bat Grammond, lacrosse. Oh, you play lacrosse. Uh, Charles III's undead monkey priests. All right, next question. So um, bad. <laughs> <laughs> so my answer would be yes, because that class was like, well, all that really did was, like, sure, some of our stuff was kind of funny that we created. Mm-hmm. Did we make the greatest in that class? Oh, my gosh, the, the greatest. This is the story about two brothers who, against all odds, defeated evil. A legend that echoes through history and shall unto the very end of days. So <laughs> So we ended up making this crazy long film called The Greatest that was about 15 minutes long. 15 minutes. It was a full Nowadays, 5 minutes longer than anyone else's. Yeah, which is Say already saying something because yeah. ten minutes is too long. Like if you click on a YouTube video nowadays and you see fifteen minutes, you're gonna skip it. I don't know. I like fifteen like, minute videos. <laughs> But well, I usually okay. listen. By and large, people are going to be like, well, I don't have time for I this. I don't know. It's, I treat it like a show, though. Like, I'm watching TV. Well, I don't have the ability <laughs> to just turn on that mindset when I'm on YouTube. Oh. So, my point is, we ended up making this crazy long 15 minutes film about nothing. Like, it, was it was about so like. So 
uh, ridiculously it parkour epic. and it was supposed to be. Now note, it was supposed to be. We all, we all got divvied up into groups. Everyone wrote scripts, and then we decided. On oh yeah, yeah. Who's mm-hmm. we would do, and then Ben picked like, oh, you guys are going to be in this group, and you're going to be on this group, and everyone's going to make these scripts. And we had one guy's script, Aaron Stoll's. <laughs> yeah, it was called Battle, Battle of the Bands. Battle of the Bands, and, and it was a. And and he made we were, a he made a, a storyboard out mm-hmm. of Lego stop action. I did. You did? Yeah, I made it for. Oh, that was for you? Battle of the Bands. It was my job. But then, oh wow, <laughs> everybody disbanded. Pure chaos that was the best set part in. Part of that movie that never happened. <laughs> it was pure chaos set in <laughs> on our our stupid. This, this movie and like everyone kind of got stuck to the edges and I was like Aaron what are we gonna do he's like you well, know Aaron what Aaron also kind of just like went dark yeah remember? he kind of he was well cause he was working like two jobs yeah and he was like he just disappeared so I was like Aaron what do we do he's like I just <laughs> do whatever you can <laughs> so we did so I called you I, I was at work and learn I was like oh what are we gonna gosh, do oh my gosh yeah and I was like do you have any ideas I think we sat like, down and wrote this together somewhere yeah and it was in Evans Commons uh, was it? dining hall yep and then we yeah, both right. I said alright let's 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 just bring what we can and so we met up at Evans and we each were like I was like okay what do you got and you're like I was thinking like something with didn't you say parkour maybe I did I think he's I think he said All something I knew with was parkour like, okay we'll keep the two brothers aspect because that yep, was one two thing brothers that survived from from Aaron's battle of the bands from battle of the bands yeah and then and I was, was like, like well I really want to make something with demons <laughs> wait a minute we forgot about the demons Ah! <laughs> so we're like, ah, let's do both. It's a dark time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we made this thing, and if you watch it, Ugh. you the one of the first things that comes to your mind is these guys are idiots. Total, yes, <laughs> totally aimless. aimless. Like all of our creativity was just running rampant. It was just like shooting off in every direction, it and it, it made a mess. It's like coloring, it like, three it's days. like coloring out of the lines. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's a good example of Ford's creativity right there. A coloring book. Hmm. You can decide on the colors, but it's clearly laid out that you got to color in all of Simba. <laughs> or all of Anakin Skywalker, you know? <laughs> and, like, stay inside the lines. Yeah. So that they are forcing you that into that. That is an excellent... We should have we started with that example. What later came of our film careers in school was that we were able to hone our creativity like unintentionally the professors realized like okay they got out of their system basically yeah it was <laughs> hey to be fair and, though there was not a dry eye in the room when we showed the greatest everyone was laughing so hard they were crying including ben Shali. they might have just been crying they might have just been crying <laughs> out of disdain was, we we shot it in like a breakneck <laughs> three days we shot yeah. it and then we filmed, we edited it, done, totally in three days. Yeah. Three or four days. That's true. And we had like three weeks for and this it was assignment. Like almost Christmas. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm trying to get to is the later classes as they came on, it mm-hmm. was like, okay, now you're going to take nonlinear editing. Oh. And it's like, you have to use Avid. Oh. Was that that class? Yeah, it was. That was it's like, I you think... have to use Avid Media Composer. And it's like, darn it. That's not what we would choose, but okay, because we edited the other one in Final Cut. That's right. We're like, did, all right, fine. Did we have a choice until then? Was that when Avid really entered Avid our lives? Avid was like our choice until we did, um, you know what? No, nonlinear editing is was Adam's class, and we could use other stuff. So I'm thinking of 
I must be thinking of uh, the short, our first short film class, and yeah. then there's advanced video, mm-hmm. and like all these things where you're forced to use certain tools, right. and then it's not till your senior year where it's like, okay, now, like the training wheels are off, mm-hmm. and you have had time through us professors forcing you into a certain editing software, certain hardware, certain classmates, certain subjects to learn what you're good at, what you need to learn more and what you're comfortable with. Now the training wheels are off and you're a senior do what you did at the beginning again in your intro to cinema class. But now your only parameters is like, it has to be this long and yeah, like it has to be done by this day and original music. You yeah. Know, like all that. If you stuff. look at our work from freshman year versus senior year, I think that is a byproduct of forced creativity yielding us more like of a filter to just like just explode our creativity into to like kind of like chop it down to something like a morsel that you can actually like take in at once because the greatest was just like you need to watch that movie a few times not because it's like intricate and deep but because (laughs) it's hard to pay attention to. Right, it's easy to get distracted. You're just like, I can't. Yeah, like by on like anything. having to get up and pee, and then not wanting to come back and finish it. <laughs> right, it was like, well, okay, <laughs> that was dumb. It was so. So, mm. so what I'm getting at is, I think that this applies to other parts of my life. Forced creativity. Forced creativity, to where it's like I'm like quippier, or like mm. I can come back with, you know, funny sayings, or I can like think of a a way around a story like of one of the other big forest uh, guys is has like an issue with the story i'm able to be like well why don't I, have you considered this or that's a good idea but instead of x y and z story points right. why not explain that with this shot you know and i think we've all kind of developed that skill through forced creativity in mm-hmm. college now another thing is there can be too much right forced creativity too much forced. yeah what is that film the nine limits or something yeah the nine seven infractions or uh, seven limitations uh, i think it was french probably was french but i think it's seven <laughs> where this guy had to make a film about some given subject and then the producer gave him a new limitation every single rendition of the film but the renditions the limitations started getting egregious like Okay, now you can only show each shot on screen for exactly 3.2 seconds. Then, like, every cut has to be, like, that fast. And, like, it got to the right. point where it was utter nonsense because the the guy who was creating the film, his creativity started getting stifled to the point where he was more just focusing on the limitations and, and less telling the story or making the film, you know, force creativity can either be a, like a tool for, for good, for good, for like shaping your creativity. Right. Or it can just become this, this roadblock, or it can be a good measuring point to where, like, I'm sure we could make some sort of graph or like some sort of equation where it's like, how high is a person's creativity? Now take that level, that like bucket of creativity and start throwing limitations into it. Mm-hmm. Now, at what point does it overflow? Hmm. Some people like will overflow a lot sooner. Some people will take longer to overflow. Right. And it's like, it's like a creativity to tolerance to like intelligence mm-hmm. ratio. And I feel like that film, while it was super annoying, 
showed that it was like, okay, the first few limitations he got, he still managed to tell the story through his creativity. Right. Like, in spite of the limitations. But then by the time, like, the fourth limitation was thrown on and the fifth limitation was thrown on, it was like, okay, the story's gone now. I don't know what this is about. It's just a choppy mess, and he's just paying attention to the limitations at this point. Yeah. And he can't overcome them with his creativity. Right. And so, like, so maybe, maybe he... That was his threshold. What like maybe if he was more creative after limitation seven or ten or whatever, and we could still kind of get the story, that would show he's like super creative. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, but maybe because he had some <laughs> he had some crazy limitations. Like he only could use thirteen frames on one of them. It was like what? Yeah, That's or dumb. like or like <laughs> like this word, like some random word, has to be spoken. Yeah. Into the microphone every six seconds or something. Yeah. Like crazy weird. And like, then it was like, okay, now you can only show the first half in reverse or something. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty outrageous. So like, I don't know if you and I have reached that, that moment. We have not had limitations like that, but no, I'm trying to think of a scenario where we have gotten so many limitations thrown onto us that it's like, it it showed crippled us. It showed our limitation as Ah. creative people. It showed like, okay, that's the last straw. Like we can't, we, I, I cannot figure out a way to tell this story now with these limitations. You got to take one or two off because I'm not good enough. Basically, Mm. you know, I feel like college would be a good, that would be like where it would happen, right? If it was going to happen, I feel like college is pretty much the, the, the spot for it, but I'm, I can't think of an assignment that we did. And I don't mean to sound like an arrogant schmuck too late (laughs) i just i I mean like i can't think of one that we didn't at least pull through maybe an advanced not advanced video what's the one non-linear editing when we had to like take footage that was already done and then we always operate best when we film you know like when we do something like oh it's in our hands we can we can mold this and make it this yeah but all honesty, I, I would consider a limitation of ours. It is a limit. No, that's our limitation <laughs> yeah. because when we got footage that wasn't ours. That was well shot. It was well shot. It was fine. Everything was there. We had this powerful editing software. It was like it crippled us. Like it's true. I think that was the closest we got because it was the, it was, I don't know. It was like this hurdle that we just mm-hmm. ran straight into. That's true. When do you start putting limitations on yourself? Like when do you start saying, okay, I need to. I've got too much creativity. I've got too or I've got that sounds stupid. I've got I the the river Sorry, is guys, too I broad. Just got all this creativity. Oh, it's dripping just, out my butt. I'm like, just <laughs> bursting. I'm just soaked. Now I, got, now I got poop butt. <laughs> now I've got poop pants. Poop pants. <laughs> Sorry. I killed getting him. over getting sick. My god. <clears throat> my god. Uh, anyway, so when you're like, okay, I, I feel unbridled. I need to put limitations on myself. Does that happen? Do you ever feel like you need to? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I think now I do. I think that those like tender forming years of, of making like home videos and stuff before mm-hmm. school, I didn't have that. I was mm-hmm. like, I got to fit. I have to fit like war into this and like yeah. the like friendship and betrayal and, and like magic. you know the liar revealed oh, and, like, <laughs> and like some some like semblance of romance that might mm-hmm. be dead now and also 
resurrection and you know like everything I, just, I had to get like every single good trope into every <laughs> story yep to the point where it was like what is this overbearingly movie? Just- what is the genre here is this a comedy <laughs> oh and it all has to be like super funny somehow right like there is no limits there no nope. that i should have put on myself and now i'm not good at it but like if i'm writing a script right or if it's I'm like a even, natural instinct. Yeah. Or even if I'm telling a story, like a fictional one, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I have all these ideas and all these things sound good, but right. I have too many at this moment. <laughs> so which ones do I kill? Ah, killing your darlings. And killing your darlings is something Ooh. that we were taught early yeah. on in college that is a facet of forced creativity. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think we could probably trying to find regular creativity versus forced creativity and see if there's a barrier there or see if it like there's a line or see if it it really is just like a semantics thing like for me like kind of because i know what you mean i'm very schedule driven i'm very scheduled like i love spontaneity adventures and whatever carpe diem but i am also sometimes that (laughs) is that is a very that's like a portion of my personality you have to have like a perfect night's sleep you have to be healthy and you gotta yeah. be fed well sometimes <laughs> i like spontaneity outside those but it More depends like, you like spontaneity during planned things right or like if we're between... on a road trip that we planned then you love spontaneous things that happen within that road trip but you don't like a spontaneous road trip <laughs> i don't know i could go for a spontaneous okay One road trip's a we bad went, example we went to we went to branson <laughs> That's true. We did off the cuff drive all the way there and back in a day. It was, yeah, that was that but went that, south. Even then, that was not truly spur of the moment. You didn't call me that day and like we're going to no. Branson, get in the car. Yeah, I guess there has to be some <laughs> kind of. I'm structured. What I'm trying to say is I am very inclined towards structure. It's true. So if it goes on the calendar, like if I see, if I put on the calendar, like if I work on some personal writing thing and I put on the calendar, and say I got to get to X point by this day, it'll. It is way more likely to get done than if I were to be working. Like, I kind of hope in my brain, I kind of hope I get to this point by that day. But I don't know. It's like something weird about this this action of forcing myself to say, hey, this is when you're going to turn it in to yourself. But this is when you're going to do yeah. it. And it just, it gets, there's so much higher likelihood of it getting done. I I don't know. So you're saying your forced creativity in that situation is is putting it on the calendar? Yeah, that's well. At least like, that's one I need of them. to be done, I, or I, I have like, to get it done. Like like a benchmark uh-huh. for yourself. I get a demerit. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, you don't want that. <laughs> Ooh, you don't want that demerit. I don't want a demerit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I can see what you're saying there. I got. I and got then it. if I get it done sooner, then I, I don't know. Then I'll probably go buy a Big Mac. And celebration. <laughs> Celebrate. <laughs> Celebrate with some diabetes. Some, yeah, <laughs> Celebrate with a little weight gain. <laughs> well, so, okay. So if you if you didn't have that deadline or that benchmark, mm-hmm. and you were working on this thing, like mm-hmm. writing in your novel or something. Right. Would you say that's just using regular creativity? <laughs> but it's <laughs> yes. forced creativity yeah. if you have a benchmark you need to meet. It's like a framing device. It's literally all it uh-huh. is, a framing device. Because nothing actually changed. There can't be much difference between forced creativity and creativity. So we have a critical thinking circle. 
and the is creativity. It all creativity, critical thinking. You have sort to of? utilize, not necessarily. You don't have to be critical on yourself if you're just like spitballing ideas for a. You have to be a little critical. You can't. Once you nail down the idea and like you start writing it down, like yeah, that's when you now start your using universe is starting getting built, and it's like we need to start killing our darlings and which characters are going to make it to the end of the story and that kind of stuff. But when you're just literally sitting down and you're like, is it going to be a comedy or a romance or a drama? Man. Okay. Like, you are you what? really using critical thinking or are you just being just, creative? Like, yeah. Like, are you like in a state of raw creativity that then is like cultivated by critical thinking and mm. forcing limits upon yourself? Okay. Like I, choosing limits that you know will most likely produce better results from your idea. That's the force creativity part. Hmm. Okay. For me, that's how it is. Because I, I am not nearly as much of a planner as you are. Hmm. I'm much more of a along for the ride type of right. person, often. That's or am I, I'm going to just, <laughs> I don't want to say forge my own path. I'm just going to go look at this like. Yeah blade of grass for a while because I think it's interesting <laughs> yes even if it makes everyone else you. late you know yes. I'm just like look at this <laughs> and like hey, look, I admit look. that but like <laughs> I don't like for me if it's on the calendar or not like who cares <laughs> Ooh, see I try I try if it's important like I try to be spontaneous on calendar, it's on my mental calendar I can't I have to write it down like in 10 different places even if I know like my birthday I'm that way too it's I'm just I don't know. Got to write it down. I got, I got problems. It's my birthday. Right it's like, now. I don't know. It's my birthday. Oh, March is coming up. It's my birthday. Oh, here comes March. <laughs> <laughs> Something's happening in March. I wish I wrote it down. <laughs> okay, so I think you stumbled into something there. Let me break it down. So, <laughs> I don't always have to try very hard to be creative, right? Like, it's kind of just, it's kind of a reflex in a way. Like, okay. When I think of there's like, but is that a result of having forced creativity on the ah, early ah, age? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, sorry, jeez. Because, continue. <laughs> because I think Clearly like too much. When I think of forced creativity, I think, I see what you're aiming at now. Because when I think when I imagine forced creativity, that's when I say like I put I start putting up walls around me to say like because I am easily distracted. I am. Which is another reason why I need structure. I'm easily distracted. I procrastinate. I've got all these self-destructive <laughs> traits. But uh, what a I, mess. So that's why I, I think like sometimes I kind of have to put up the walls. I gotta be like, okay, well, I up oh, gotta focus. Oh, gotta get this done. It, that, I can't. Because sometimes it just like, you just I, I heard this analogy back in college. But it's like you just cut up of cut open a vein and bleed. It's a terrible like analogy, but it just means like you know it's Ugh. like. Like, hey, this page is going to fill. I'm just going to... I don't even have to work. You know, like, it's coming out of my head. But... So, wait. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like... Cut like, off a vein and bleed. Is means, that for, what forced creativity is? Or is that a lack of forced creativity? That's just regular old... Regular old plumbus right there. That's just creativity. That's, okay. <laughs> that's just saying, like... So, forced creativity is, is, when, is the vein? No. <laughs> Help. <laughs> I need to know... You can't just throw out a morbid analogy like that. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it in writing class, and I was like, oh, I'm so poetic. But, what, writing, what writing class? Uh, I think it was creative writing. It's not even not even film, just a creative writing class. Yeah, it was creative writing. We took it as an elective, remember, with uh, Spencer Hurst. Yeah. Shout out. But 
the analogy was he's a sponsor. Some people. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Spencer Hurst. Hey, thanks, thanks, Bency. Spence, <laughs> Hursto. Uh, he's gonna give us negative dollars. Gonna, for this. <laughs> no, we're gonna get a bill. <laughs> anyway, point is the analogy that was made was some people have to work really hard to write a paper. Some people can just write. You know, they can okay. just sit down and write. The people who can just write, cut open a vein and bleed. There's that analogy again. Oh, God. The people <laughs> who struggle, they have to, it's not that easy. It's like they could cut open a vein and no blood. You know, they have to like really work. Ooh. They have to like ah. get the blood out of there. Yikes. This is a horrible analogy. I, I regret taking this analogy. I don't remember this. Maybe I just stopped listening. You might have zoned. Maybe I was just bleeding. You were just bleeding. <laughs> you were just bleeding right there. I was just bleeding at the time on my paper. But I'm kind of that way. Although. Wait, which way? I. You just bleed. That I bleed. Okay. I and that kind of like good. You're not like a whenever vampire. we have 48 hour film festival or a corpse. It's just like here's an idea. There we go. I'm yeah, ready to go. Sure. But True. however, when we wrote in that same class, whenever we had to write a poem. I struggled. I struggled. I I spent more time trying to write that poem than like most of my papers I ever wrote in my entire college career. I tried so hard and it still sucked. <laughs> and I still I can read it nowadays and be like, Ugh, uh, what was I doing? I remember the poetry. And that is an example of forced creativity for me. Papa, full circle. Cause because I I cut open the vein and there was no blood. And you're like, I gotta force it out. I have to force oh, it. Oh, you gotta force out the blood. Yes. Still gruesome. It's still <laughs> gross. Still don't like it's it. Still, I don't like it either. It's you know, I did a, good on the poetry. You assignment. did. And like, I published. When did you? <clears throat> when did you write it? When? Like, I mean, like before the due date. <laughs> I wrote it on the due date. That's right. You wrote it. You wrote it on the due date. <laughs> I had Pretty like sure. I had this like Amadeus. Yeah. Breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I I had one that was actually like a structured poem. I I feel so bad. My wife is a poet, mm. and I am butchering this. But I have one that actually had structure, like the number of syllables and words and lines that was important. Oh. I wrote that one probably like the day before or something. That was the one I was like the pro was it? the prose like poem that I wrote that was less structured and more of just like a, a dramatic one line at a time story. Uh. I wrote that morning mm. cause I forgot we needed two and That's that right. is the one that got published. Yeah. The, <laughs> it would, it was pretentiousness. I am pretentiousness. I don't know. <laughs> it was something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. What was that? Uh, I wrote, I wrote a poem from the perspective of, of, an, of a fault, like a human. I thought vice. it was pretentiousness. I don't think it was pretentiousness. Uh, it was I, like depression or something or like, uh, it was kind of like vanity, maybe vanity. I, I don't know. Point is you define that you just were, you just were yourself and you just yeah. poured it out on paper and you just, you got it done quickly and it was kind of forced, but it was it came so second nature. Just time wise, yeah. But I, like, I labored a whole week, and I set aside so much time. I scheduled it, and mm -hmm. I still. It just maybe it's because poetry is supposed to be, like less like purely. It's like the most. It it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's mm -hmm. like the most basic 
beginnings of creative of creative writing or literature. Mm-hmm. Let's like the ABCs. Like you're mm. always gonna be, you're always using them and the basics, and you build upon them. Mm. Any good literature or story or like novel is based on some kind of poetry or has some sort of overarching poet, like the Bible, right? Has biblical poetry where it's like there's symbolisms and and not symbolism, similarities between different books, overarching mm-hmm. and like so like capital P poetry. Right. So like if you are setting out to write something that is just purely poetry it's like you can't be worried about parameters it's just all emotional i clearly like, have nothing like I poetry no is a, it's like so emotional it's just like all emotion put into words just all at once there's no characters there's no there's no story necessarily sometimes mm. there is there's no like dialogue necessarily yeah there's no like rules you know, which is why I think it's it's actually less structured. At least there don't have to be rules. There don't have to be like my prose my prose poem is and the prose poem is like a a a formless or like a rubricless poem that is like about one thing. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like a dramatic reading of nothing or something. Oh. You know, and mine was about this like emotion or whatever. Prejudice. It was prejudice. Yeah, that's right. I need to find that. Yeah. You, get, you gotta <laughs> have it somewhere. I had. Well, it's in a book somewhere because yeah, it was got published. published. It got published. Something. Not bitter. I'm happy for you. <laughs> you deserved it. I didn't. <laughs> if we could go back in time, I would happily <laughs> turn the tables on. Mine, no, mine. Because I did not care about it. Mine sucked. <laughs> I would never plumb. I would never publish mine. It was, it was just a thing. Anyway, yeah. I mean, you did better than me on other assignments in that well, same class. So yeah. the result, the reason for that might be forced creativity. creativity. Like <laughs> I was forced in different ways than you were, just based on our hmm. our wherever we're coming from, whether it be like as early as how we were raised, what our siblings are like, hmm. our parents. Yeah what things we find interesting and what things we find more naturally. Like, I don't know. What's an example? You, what's something that you do better than me? Hmm. You draw better than me. I well, guess a little, maybe in some more, ways. You draw, you, well, you had, you actually took like art classes and stuff though. Right. Like early on. Yeah. Now, I don't know of any other better example of forced creativity than, than a kid having to do. Forcing to learn the classes and learning things. Yeah. <laughs> That gave way to you being able to, when you are writing a story or, or like um, creating a, a short film or something, mm. you will like draw the characters sometimes, yeah, you know, or like the, the map or like, or like the title or something. Right. That's something that like I would have to be forced to do. Oh, oh, I see what you're doing. You I see where you're getting at. I don't. I can't just bleed that onto a paper. Bleed. You slash that vein open, oh. and it's gonna be like a little bit of sludge. We're gonna get come out. so much backlash. Backslash. For that terrible analogy. I didn't come. It's up It's my with it. fault. You didn't come up with it either. What have I done? You said I it know. was actually used in our class. It was. It Spencer? was used. So you. <laughs> I actually. Caveat to that, I'm pretty sure Spencer wasn't the one that gave the analogy. 
Someone oh. else did in the class. Mm. Oh. So it's got less credibility. But. Maybe you did come up with this. I didn't come up with it. You. F- you. You're lying to me. <laughs> so the 48-hour film project is international. If you don't know what it is, Google it. And you can just see that. They Google it. That it is all forced creativity. All of it. Everyone shows up to a headquarters, like a meeting place. And you don't know anything about your story at all. You don't know genre or or really anything. You can right. you can kind of bring notes, but you can't come with like a script because that would not help. It would actually be a bad thing because they give you a genre, a line of dialogue, a prop, and a character, right? Just one character? Yeah. That has to be, all these things have to be used in your film. And your film has to be within a certain time frame. And it has to have like original music or at least... Royalty free music. Yeah. And you have you have forty eight hours beginning to end to make this right. movie. Everything. From pre production to post production to turn it in, you have exactly forty eight hours to the second you don't get a second after. Right. Has to be turned in. And that is like man, that is forced creativity to the max. So we did it for the first time in St. Louis this year, as like Big Forest got together. It was like mm-hmm. me, Jordan Isaac, Crato, Andy, and, and then others. We had others that helped out our crew as well. And it was crazy. Because yeah, you draw the genre. You get there and you have to yeah draw the you know the list of mm-hmm. possibilities. You know all because there's a yeah. website and they tell you like oh here's all our genres and you could pick any of these. Yeah. And actually, you draw two. You draw two genres and you don't have to use both, but you can. Mm-hmm. Like you you, you can, have to use one. You have to use at least one. Yeah, and but, then you have to put that yeah. line of dialogue. The prop has to be included mm-hmm. and the character has to be identified in the film somehow. Right, you can't just infer yeah. through wardrobe or something. I mean, you can't like write anything ahead of time. That's a perfect example of forced creativity. All those right. are limitations mm-hmm. that you have to use. Right. And uh, quite and honestly, the biggest one <laughs> ended up being the time limit. <laughs> yeah, honestly. 48 hours is what made it the hardest part. Well, it was crazy. Jordan actually went up on stage for the drawing. He mm-hmm. went up there and drew out of a hat, more or less, of the two genres. And you they saw were, me do that. Yeah, I was up in the in the audience. I know. I was, oh, you were there. What? <laughs> what? I wasn't paying attention. I didn't see you there. You were just <laughs> in the fugue in a state, complete just <laughs> trance, puppet on strings. Yeah, it was crazy because I was I had like all this anxiety because I'm a planner. I was like Jordan's gonna call genres I don't want. You know, he's going to say stuff that I don't want to get any part of. I mean, I wasn't going to just, it wasn't up to me. Well, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like you were a conduit. I was walking up like, there. You know what I was thinking? What? I want to pick a genre that Chris doesn't want. Make sure Chris suffers. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> like, no, I meant like, you proverbial hand of fate will pull out things that I don't want to yeah. <laughs> deal with. You know, okay, we're going to get musical or something. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I was dreading the same thing. I gave you and Isaac each a glance when it was like my like our turn to go up i was like oh god yeah like a nervous glance it was tense right when i got up it was like oh man because we had never done this as a group before you had never done one before i had never done one at all okay that's and right you had done one before i hadn't done one i just helped with somebody else's oh and i helped with isaac's i think yeah and isaac yeah who his team won quite a few awards when they did it a couple of years ago yeah but if we did it we we're just fresh out of the fresh babes mm-hmm. as a crew so we did it and um you called him out and it was weird what was it, it was vacation a vacation it was comedy comedy and that was the first genre comedy and vacation or holiday film 
Right. Which was its own genre. Vacation or holiday film. Yeah, Vacation that's right. slash holiday is the second genre. And weird. So it's almost like we got three, but I think they were just trying to be, they're just lumping holiday and vacation together right. because they're kind of interchangeable. I remember like the idea just kind of like popped into my head. I was like the idea of some guy from, at first he was an alien, ended up being from a different dimension, but a foreigner from like a different world comes into our world and interacts in a comedic kind of hammy way. Yeah. And I remember like I heard vacation come out of my own mouth and I was like, instantly started thinking like Christmas vacation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, we got to do a movie now in like a car and like <laughs> family's got to be involved. And like, I, my brain did not go to the same place. Mine was almost like, dang it. And right. also comedy terrified me. I was like, crap, we drew comedy. As soon as I, as soon as I picked out comedy, that was what I was the most afraid of. Cause like, I love comedy and humor, mm-hmm. but I know how horribly wrong it can go. And yes. instantly in that moment, I was like 48 hours is not enough to come up with anything funny. Right. And I remember I walked up and I sat down and you <laughs> were like chuckling to yourself. And I was like, the heck is this? Is you lost it? We haven't even started yet. And you're just like, man, I've got like the greatest idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you already had it like ready to go. I don't think you could have had that. If I had a week. A little epiphany. Right. If you had more time, you wouldn't have come up with it because you would have overplanned it. I would have. And also, if you didn't have it. the background of forced creativity from True. school and our previous projects together, you probably wouldn't have been able to come up with that. Think about the greatest. <laughs> Too much time. Too much time, but... Not enough time. We were like out of time and we mm-hmm. sat down and we did come up with something because we were under the gun it was bad but we came up with something oh that is kind of like the antithesis to yes. Dorpus Day right that was no polish and no experience but still forced creativity mm-hmm. versus Dorpus Day which ended up winning the entire festival for our yeah. city and is now going on to film Palooza. Yeah, we did not see that coming, by the way that yeah, was totally, we did not see that coming we, totally. ended up, we ended up winning the whole thing and we right. also got best original score and or, or no, no original best, song yeah best original song Oliver Rouge yeah by by Oliver who does the music for this podcast right and then Mr. Man um Best uh, visual Special effects, effects, which yeah. Isaac did the entire day. Like I edited the whole thing all day, and he yeah. just worked on that one special effect right. shot. And it looks pretty good. It looks great, and it, it got like, us the wow. award. And right. Like, it tipped the that scales. That was all because we were just absolutely forced to do it. Mm-hmm. Forced and against knew everything. What to do, you know? Forced against sleep and time <laughs> and sanity. Yeah. So I went to a wedding. That, that is where forced creativity is good. <laughs> yeah, you did. You even left town and came back, and Isaac and I had were just still awake. It was a horrible. The next day. <laughs> I love it. It's a great memory, but it's just like the misery of that moment was palpable. Yeah. Like I walked in, and you guys, oh, you guys were just shells of who you once were. It's like my boys. They're yep. dying. And the one we ended up turning in wasn't even like the polished thing. It was yeah. like okay, it has a beginning, middle, and end, and. But there's no it color correction. Done. Audio needed to be sweetened yeah, the, big time. The sweetening wasn't there. Your sound effects didn't even make it into nope. the thing. And nope. like, it's still one with that. So it, so really, if it was the 49 hour film fest, 
it would have been better. it would have been perfect <laughs> yeah but hey here's another fun little uh tidbit toward that little story of, i'll take a tidbit give me a <laughs> give me a tid of your bit y'all take a tidbit meal during that whole break we, we had a, a writer sesh which was good and bad it was good in some ways but it was like like the deeper we got into the idea i was just like my gut says we stay here we and gotta I knew, go with the first idea you know, yeah we, yeah we had we had a whole bunch of friends right join us and we yes we had a whole bunch of friends my friends my friends coming home from my friends <laughs> they all yeah it was like everyone's shoot out ideas we're gonna do this for like an hour and a half and once we tell you to go just go yeah leave it's just gonna be me chris and isaac and we're gonna hammer out we're a script gonna f- fix this and we mm-hmm. ended up going with the, uh, the first stupid idea you had in the auditorium where I drew the genre. Right. And that ended up being the winning idea. And we kept saying too, like people were like, well, what if we drop one of these genres, at least one? And I was like, I don't, I think, and I think it's even, stronger with even it. Even still, we were really leaning into the holiday vacation thing. Right. The comedy was like more of an afterthought. Yeah. The comedy just came out later once yeah. you, and like, this is kind of our creative process just between the two of us often. Yeah. Is you, you oh, will... Yeah cut open that vein and yeah. you'll you'll bleed all over the paper and I'll come in with like a fine tune like absolutely and alcohol yeah and like clean up the spots or yeah where it splattered too far uh-huh. and like like that's almost like a a limitation that I just have in of myself mm. but at the same time I do better with the limitation of not having written down the original idea Hmm. I think I take twice as long to write down an original idea than you do hmm. because I have to do both things. I'm good at the one part. I'm good at polishing it and fixing issues within the logic of the story for sure and making it flow together and seem more believable. Right. But I'm, I'm not so good at just spitting it out and, and con- you know, conceiving it on my own. I can right. do that, but it takes me a long time. And then I have to go through and comb it. And it's like, well, now I'm just combing my own work and I don't know mm-hmm. what to kill. And I, it ends up being this like vicious cycle, you know, where I'm like, I, uh, right. Like I'm not much of the editor. What do I do? Cause like, <laughs> that's exactly like, I'll just sit there earphones in and just, yeah. I'm just like spit something out. And it's classic. This very laptop, I'll just be like, pick it up. And hand it to you. Yeah, that's exactly what you did. And I'll just did. like walk away. Yeah, exactly. And just I'll just be like, mm, you, okay. just, you just you handed it to me, and then you just plopped down on the couch. And, right, because I'm not worried. And I was like, okay. And I just like started typing and fixing it. I didn't even ask you. Like, right. do we have to do like one or two things where I'd be like, uh, like right. just just because I was trying to be nice. It was like right. maybe he really is married to this one part that right. I want to change. But since uh-huh. we were under the gun for the 48 hour film fest, I was like, screw it. Like I didn't even ask you. I just right. <laughs> I just, Changed stuff, rearranged it. I took your really long monologues and made them slightly shorter monologues. And like a couple of them didn't even make it into the finished product and yeah, nobody noticed or full cared. Full lines. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then I continued to make cuts during shooting. Right. You had to. Like the script is just a mess of ink. Cause I was just like, God, that's gone. That's gone. That's gone. Right. I don't have time for this. This doesn't make sense anymore. And the limit, like those limitations ended up being what made it like m- articulate into yeah. something legible. Yeah. yeah. So that is a perfect example of how forced creativity can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. A good example of forced creativity being a bad thing would be forcing 
a limitation on someone too late in the game like after oh. the script is written and you have like actors on set and you're oh, like yeah. setting up lighting and about uh-huh. to call action and it's like oh sorry the lead protagonist needs to be a male not a female and it's like well, well that's gonna change some stuff that's a huge change like that's just <laughs> sloppy you know right or like yeah i don't know what's a, what's something that came out recently solo how's that for creativity Well, actually, because Lord and Miller had their very comedic tone, very comedic script. Yeah. Well, although I know Lawrence Kasdan had his influences the entire time, but their direction was for a much more comedic film and a lighthearted adventure romp. And then whenever it passed hands over to Ron Howard, it became far more dour and dramatic and they really the tone shifted because the direction shifted sure the script was still there but i think the uh the studio really put and i'm i'm kind of paraphrasing the story here but the studio put a lot of pressure on ron howard they're like hey this has to be like this now you know they're like it can't be the the comedy that it's already becoming you know at this point we have all these actors and everything in place and all these features of the film but you really need to turn it from this comedy into a drama and you can be funny now and then if you want sure yeah it's like they they forced that on him and it didn't some things worked some Mm -hmm. things didn't and you can tell yeah you (laughs) can't tell that's a different episode but right yeah that's that's a good point you bring up forced creativity as a bad thing might simply be the the limitations set from one creative to another creative person right. as opposed to someone who's like a professor not saying our professors weren't creative but there's like a rubric there mm-hmm. and they're like removed as the professor grading things and they're not making their own film so like if i looked over at a fellow classmate and it was like um actually i don't like your idea and i think you should go with this or you should change your genre to this that would be bad for his creativity because like who the heck am i to say it right so it's like a crappy producer <laughs> right i just watched uh bohemian rhapsody the movie. oh how was it i still and, haven't seen it well i liked it i'm a huge queen fan but because i grew up on it it's they're good they're okay I and mean, there's no rule that says you have to like them <laughs> i just people but get mad they're what people get mad when what? you don't like like a certain band i mean you like do Rush. acknowledge their like i think they're influential they're like importance in culture Yes. Like, and music. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So, like, at least you Colossal. have that. But, anyway. Anyhow. What I'm getting at is Freddie that Mercury. film had a lot of forced creativity upon it. Because Queen is a real band. And right. Freddie Mercury was a real person. Uh-huh. And Docudramas. They have to, like, yeah, dramatize the documentation that exists of these people. But still make it their own. That's tough. And I and I think the movie ended up pretty well done. It looks fantastic. Really? At least. Yes. Hmm. Looks very, very good. And I mean I mean, don't watch it unless you're expecting to literally just listen to a bunch of Queen music because it's about a band mm. named Queen. Wow. So like Is there any score? Very little. Hmm. Because it's based around the creation of their music and how it evolved from the beginning oh. to towards the end. Does it feel like a musical? Almost. Really? But it's not like they're singing to each other like, now I'm going to write a song. Leave me alone for a little bit. I got to write. 
you know, like, <laughs> but it cuts between like them starting out and like, uh, when they produce their album, A Night at the Opera, uh-huh. which is like really weird. Right. It has like all these weird operatic and like large scale feelings to it. Like they, they invented the rock opera, you know? Did they invent it really? I mean, they perfected it. It's like <laughs> a, you know, right. in the sense that it's like, it's a rock and roll song, but it has like operatic scale. Uh-huh. You know, like that was something that nobody wanted. Like they were on the heels of like Elvis and the Beatles and... Mm-hmm. You know, like their last performance was like after Madonna and stuff. Like nobody wanted that kind of stuff. Right. But they knew that people wanted it before they wanted it, you know. Yeah. Anticipating their will. Yeah. But like so, you know, Queen themselves is a good example of Ford's creativity. <laughs> you have to watch the movie to find out what I'm talking about there. But Oh, man. But like, well, now I want to watch it. But kind like of. The, the movie itself is a <laughs> perfect example of for very forced creativity because you got... It's creatively made, but mm-hmm. it's on a subject matter that nobody can refute because uh, it's happened already. It's right. like actual history. <laughs> Does it feel historical? Have you looked up? Is it actually? I like, haven't looked up a accurate? lot. I hear it is and it isn't. What? There's so a lot of things, things that are. I, a lot of things in there that I really hope are historically accurate uh, that they actually happen. And there's some uh-huh. things in there where I really hope they were just blown out. Of oh, abortion. no, really? Yeah. Ooh. But I have a. <laughs> Oftentimes that kind of ends up being the flipped and I yep, look it like, up and no. be like, dang it, that cool thing that they did, uh-huh. they just made that up for the movie. And this awful, stupid, terrible thing is actually what happened. And like, I don't want anybody listening right now to like get any impression of what I mean by what those things are and aren't. Right. I'm just saying in general, there are parts that I liked and parts that I didn't like. The parts that I liked, I hope were real because they're cool. Like my favorite scene in the whole movie is when they are producing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the song. Huh. It's really interesting to see a group doing this back then with that technology, all analog, everything is really impressive. And it really makes me hope that that's actually how they did those things. But, huh. but I don't know. All right. You've piqued my curiosity. Good. Dang I it. I really want to watch it. I mean, I kind of already had like some interest. Yeah, I, recently, I mean, this movie's been in the works forever and has been shut down like three times. It has? Yeah, it's gone through three main actors. Jeez. One of which I believe is Jim Carrey. He was going to be That's Freddie Mercury insane. at one point when he was younger. Oh. But like it's but different people own Queen that own Freddie Mercury and his likeness. And like finally I guess they all agreed and <laughs> made a movie. And I've been kinda loosely following it off and on. So I was really? happy that they're like, oh, okay, they're okay. finally just making it for better or worse, get it out of the dang system because like it. I mean, think about it. It's kind of weird that a Queen movie is coming out in 2018. I know it. Well, like they were trying to make movies about it in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, at least it got made. Yeah, they did it. The most recent movie I saw was Fantastic Beasts, and someday we're going to talk about retconning because. Oh yeah, I Black, haven't seen. I haven't seen that movie still. Yeah, we're gonna. We'll have a good long talk but about this, that one. Specifically, the Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, Crimes of Grindelwald. It, it was okay. Really, uh-huh. it's kind of funny that we're talking about forced creativity because it feels like J.K. Rowling was forced to make it. Yeah, or or <laughs> or maybe she forced At people gunpoint. to make it. Oh uh, yeah, that's I more don't know. accurate. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the loving craft. She's got to make that, that cheddar. She's got to make money. I hear she's. Dollars. I hear she's doing. She's uh, really going through a rough spot. She's. She is. Needs some extra cash. Yeah, she, she must her, if she's making these movies. Can't keep her lights on, you know. 
<laughs> oh yeah, J.K. Rowling can't. <laughs> She's finally blown through those billions of dollars. Wow. What I see is her struggling. Like I struggled with my poem. It's like she's thought too long. It's, <laughs> it's, you're starting to you're, you're lost in the drift, Joe. Oh man, Joe. It's Joe. Just, yeah, Joanna. People call her Joe. I don't. They do. I people on the internet call is her, her first Joe. name Joanna. Uh huh. I learned something today. Hey, got a wrinkle in the brain. But it seems like she's just <laughs> festered on this idea. <laughs> And she didn't. She didn't pass the laptop soon enough. It went to print, and they made the movie. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Oh man! So there's a lot of darlings in that movie that shouldn't be alive. Yeah, uh, it really is like kind of Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of J.K. Rowling. Ooh. I'm never. I'm just like I'm burning oh, myself man. right now. I'm just like I'm never going to publish anything. Well, I'm just saying that. I'll have to see that. You should. We'll have a really good long talk about because you I'll watch that and you watch queen and tell okay. me honestly after you see it if you're more or less of a queen fan after i'll probably be i'm kind of susceptible to that kind of integration don't jinx it i know <laughs> i might be jinxing it but i will give it an honest try open-minded try i do like some queen do you like bohemian rhapsody yeah the song ish I liked it more. It got overplayed. It's kind of like Don't Stop over, Believing. It is, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, this song was it good once. It is overplayed, once. but this movie makes you appreciate that song. Well, then I'll probably it like it more. not a hit. Somebody to Love happened. is like one of my favorite songs ever. I'm pretty sure the movie opens with that song. Does it? Yeah. So that's like one of my favorite songs ever. I think Queen is, is one of... I typically don't... And I know you share this opinion. I do not typically like when movies use pop culture music as the soundtrack at all. Right. Usually, like, get a score or at mm-hmm. least synthesize something. Yeah. And like, right. And save this other stuff for, like, diegetic sound coming from, like, a boombox in the uh-huh. background. Like, don't make it the music from the movie, you know? Right. I've always thought that Queen's music in general, before this movie, was very, not very, but it was more on the acceptable side of the spectrum as being usable as a soundtrack for per- for parts of movies. Like, just because of their, like, overall epic composition in terms of, like, their chord progressions uh-huh. and what they like to do. Right. Like, you know, if you want to do, like, a montage in a movie that's got, like, music that has that's supposed to stand out of the rest of the songs in the yeah. movie. And it's not, like, orchestrated. Then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we're going to do a montage with, like, a rock song or, like, something. Right. I always, I always thought that Queen would be the go-to for that. In fact, I... <laughs> pretty sure i used queen in some of my old stop action films yeah i think you did i think you used don't stop me now in one of the lego legends <laughs> yeah probably but it was like in jest right it was a joke it was like, like vader was excited about something and like somebody told him <laughs> shut up i don't remember right for fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald good grief that name so the score by james newton howard is phenomenal very really? good. Yeah, it's very good. I didn't say that before. I thought it, you mentioned maybe it was good, but all right. It's really good. It's right, like see it. is it still in theaters right now? I don't think it is. I think Fantastic Beast started underperforming, so they pulled it. Disclaimer. Love Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill him, everybody. <laughs> don't kill me. I love I'm a I'm a fan. I am a fan. I'm one of you. It's just I think I wasn't mad. It wasn't like a stupid, incompetent film. It was more of a disappointing, like, are you sure you want to make those calls? 
You sure yeah, you want that yeah. to happen? You sure that's who that yeah. is? Like, I don't, it's just. <sighs> you'll see. I will see. You will see, and you've got they're still in theaters. So, okay. well, Mid Rivers, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are some ways that force creativity outside of the uh, film realm hmm. and media and like storytelling? Well, what ways has it affected your personal life that you think you are now like more capable because of force creativity? Like, outside of being creative, like yeah, like, you mean, like, like outside the arts, so sure. to speak. Like so earlier, I made the the like semblance or resemblance of like <laughs> uh, I can like come back quicker with stuff now. Oh, like you're more clever, you're more quippy. Yeah, but like in a creative sort of way. Sometimes, sometimes I just you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely one of those like I should have said that moments. Which you know, oh yeah, I had one of those moments recently, like this like last week. Maybe oh. maybe even longer. In LA? No, I was it was here. It was oh. in Clayton, which is you know, St. Louis area. Right. And <laughs> it was one of those moments except I did say the thing instead of looking ah. back and being like, I wish I would have said that. So you had like this was, validating I, moment. <laughs> yeah. I was I was I got to um the building that I usually work for when I do television work in Clayton. Okay. And I got on the elevator and I work all the way up on the, you know, 14th floor, which is a tall building for us Midwesterners. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> but it's a slow moving, slow moving elevator. These things are going to fall apart in a minute. I'll probably die in one of these elevators. It's Just true. Heads up. They're pretty rough. They're bad. Yeah. You've been there. Plenty yeah. Of times you've worked there for a little while. Mm-hmm. I got in the elevator and I hit the button and we started going up. I started going up. I was alone. It was in the morning and it was like two degrees outside. God, yeah, it that was like cold snap. Yeah, it was like with the wind chill was insanely cold. It was mm-hmm. seriously like 12, 13 degrees. And so I was bundled head to toe. I had a <laughs> scarf on and a hat on. I had my sunglasses still on because I think it was just so cold. I didn't want to expose my face, even though I was inside the heated room. Uh-huh. Gloves, you know, all the way down to my feet. Well, I got on the elevator and like on the third floor, the elevator stops and this old guy gets on. And we're all standing there, like, in silence on our way up the elevator. <laughs> and he looks over at me, and he looks at me, like, up in my head and down to my toes. <laughs> and he's like, he looked at me, and he was like, you're all bundled up, airtight, and there's a hole in your shoe. And I looked down, at, and he was right. There was There's a hole in my shoe. Like, I mean, it wasn't that big of a hole, but he saw it <laughs> down at my shoe, and without even thinking... I just like calmly like looked at him and I was like, yep. If I was an astronaut, that's where I would die. (laughs) And I swear we stood there for like a few more (laughs) seconds of just silence. And he just smiled with like his old man smile. And he was just like, well said. And then it was like, ding. And the elevator (laughs) stopped and he walked off and without another word, and the elevator closed and I just... (laughs) Enjoyed my the rest of my ride up to my floor. That's what you said. Yeah, and my whole day was better after that. <laughs> but I didn't see that coming. In some stupid way, I feel like having all these parameters and limitations thrown on me throughout college and after to be like forced to be to mm-hmm. like have my creativity shine through the barriers that are intentionally put up. I'm able to 
be more clever. I'm able to like more cleverly find how to like get around them. Problem solving and like critical thinking. Ah, oh, dang it. Yes, yes. <laughs> though, like, so in right. that moment, it was like, if I hadn't had those creative barriers then in you... college, I might have just laughed or said something more awkward. But it was almost like a scene between two characters in my mind. All in that moment, it was like, what should I say? Something clever. Something clever. Like, like <laughs> this is my chance. I'm, I'm airtight like an astronaut, and I'll die. But I didn't do that whole dialogue. It's just like, wow, like right. came out of my mouth. Shot from the hip. Yeah. It's, draw. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not know. as good. At, I mean, I have those moments, but. But you're a planner. I'm a planner. <laughs> I'm calculated. Like, I will store quips in my head. Like, I, like, stockpile vocabulary because I want to use it at the right time and not because I want to, like, look like, a, like, I don't know, like a jerk. They're like, oh, oh that's really uh pretty patagonious of you walking not freaking google yeah <laughs> but i like using words at the right time so i feel like in some way i don't know if that really translates but i'm able to articulate what i want to say at appropriate times without having to think about it. i don't have to go what is that word you know like yeah. it's it's so ingrained in me now to a point like that discipline has been mm-hmm. so enforced i don't know that's kind of like it but it's not quite not quite so to that, the draw. That seems less like forced to me. That seems more like it's almost like you're putting up. Uh, it's almost like you you are putting up your own barriers to protect yourself from forced creativity. Probably. Like you're trying to like set up. I'm ways, scared of forced creativity. As you should be. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you. That's you like setting up ways that it's like I don't want to be forced into a situation where I have to think my way out of it <laughs> have like cards okay what's this yes thing? exactly you've got like flashcards <laughs> yeah whereas in those situations and most of the time i fail most of the time i don't i don't have a good comeback like that i prefer to pur- purposefully like live life like as it comes <laughs> and like maybe i will have something good to say and maybe i won't and in my yeah. mind that's me forcing that's myself the- yeah to just go with it which is risky business, but it's like two different ways. So think, it, it, yeah, both are almost kind of like the critical thinking definitely translates to all sorts of stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. any situation that pops up, you just got to do it. You know, some people will spiral. They'll mm-hmm. just be like, uh, "Here's this problem. I don't know what to do." Like we ran right. into that with and that's where, band, that's, you know? Yeah, that's where the uh, the threshold is. Like yeah. you were saying earlier, but like I was saying earlier, it's like. Well, you found how many limitations this person can handle, you know, mm-hmm. like, yep. oh, and they ran out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there they go. It's kind of funny, though. You talk about how there's like these opportunities to be clever and to have these quips. Mm-hmm. I just imagine like David Attenborough's voice when he talks about big cats, how they miss the kill like 80 percent of the time, 90 yeah. percent of the time. Yes. He's like, and the male misses again. No dinner tonight. <laughs> but it'd be like for you to be like, and he missed the joke. <laughs> pity <laughs> except mine in the elevator was like nailed it <laughs> nailed he always has those pauses yeah. nailed it <laughs> dinner is served <laughs> a feast for a king I don't that's know. the way I like it yeah. <laughs> eat that antelope <laughs> old man was an antelope oh. I gobbled him up <laughs> oh, except geez. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> Aggressive astronaut. I feel like he 
started it. Like he was kind of creative. He was, yeah, he started he, by being like, "You're all bundled up and you got a hole in your shoe." You know, like old people are just better at forced creativity because they had experience. limitations thrown on them their whole right. life. It's <laughs> funny when you were saying that too. I was like racking my brain doing this thing. I was like, Whoa, "Okay, what would I say? What is he? What is he gonna say? What am yeah. I gonna say?" <laughs> and then my my quip my quip would have been. Oh, you had time well, to I gotta, think about it now. I know. I was like, well, I would have breathed. I got to breathe out of somewhere. And that's why. <laughs> like, that's me. I, you don't breathe out of your foot. What? I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, what the heck is that? Terrible comeback. <laughs> I, I missed the kill. Cause then gotta you got to breathe out of somewhere. I got to breathe out of somewhere. And I breathe out of my feet. So no, back no, off. No, no, been like, I'm an alien. And I'm, like, well, I'm crazy. I'm nuts. <laughs> you better get off this... Better get off this elevator, you old antelope. <laughs> so, this line's uh, gonna make the kill. Like my poem, I tried to be creative. I gave it I gave it the old college try. I gave myself Literally all the, in college. I did my best with it. I had a week. Yeah. I, I still failed. So I think it's beneficial because technically that very same assignment, you were given the same parameters, everything, and you were even given the time limit more because he, you had to write it that day because of reasons. But you had to write it that day. Because I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but like the, the, the vice was tightened on you and it's like, good, something good came out. Like me, I labored under forced creativity uh-huh. and failed. But you, it was good. I don't know. It's like it can be good and it can be bad. Depends on resources. Depends on how it's used. Depends on the individual. Yeah. Depends on the assignment. Forced creativity is useful, but... Just like anything, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Uh, all things in moderation. Yeah. I think like that yeah. seven limitations or what are the seven. Whatever it what is that called? Ben Charlie, please help us out. What is this movie? What was it? Seven. Tortured us with it. You walked out of the room. It's not limitations. The word is not limitations. <laughs> no, it's like it's infractions. Like the seven. Infractions. The ten infractions. The ten infections. The <laughs> The thirty-nine steps, the the ninety-five theses, the elephant's foot, <laughs> like <for> Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, no. I ran. See, I ran out. I had to pull out a cue card. <laughs> I had to abandon ship. <laughs> um, the the seven, the nine realms. Anyway, the force oh, creativity. Nine. Nah, forget nine. it. Yeah, nine. Maybe it was. Nine inhibitions. The nine debilitations. <laughs> the nine frustrations. frustrations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can um, drive a Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all kaiju. right. It took us a long time to drift. Yikes. Drift compatible. <laughs> okay. All right. On the count of three, say the same thing. Okay, ready? One, two, three. John Zimmer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. We're out of sync. Darn it. (laughs) Well, we had it for a second. Shout out to Scotty Kearns. We suck. So, (sighs) in Uh, the end, we both say that forced creativity is good. It's useful. Yes, it is. So, in the end. NPR. (laughs) The result of forced creativity would be a definite... Yes. Because it can narrow focus. I'll tell you a good example of forced creativity is this episode. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs>
It is. The what's the word I'm looking for? That is the serendipitous. Serendipitous. Ontological. What is the word I'm looking for? Metaphysical? No. Paradoxical? Manifesto. No, what? Meta. Meta! <laughs> that's it! I was trying to say meta. Wow, that's why meta. Did you, why didn't you just say it? <laughs> I was going to say, because you're like, this talking about forced creativity, this whole episode is forced creativity. I was going to wow, that's meta. I don't sound like that. <laughs> Do I sound <laughs> We said good things in between a lot of fluff. Yeah. It's been a while, though. I think we tried to say good things. I can't say if we actually did. <laughs> I, don't know the, I don't know if there's any intrinsic quality going on. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was kind of eye-opening. I had to actually think about old things, like the greatest. I didn't even think about what it was called. <laughs> we forgot about the demons. <laughs> the movie. The movie seems like it's over. It's over. The movie is fundamentally over. And then a character who has not even been on screen and will not come back to screen suddenly interjects and says, wait a minute. We forgot about the demons. We forgot about the demons. And then they all join forces. Well, guys, I guess that means we're going to have to work together as a team. And fight invisible demons. I haven't even finished this hot chocolate. It's cold chocolate now. We defeated the demons. Let war and battle stain these lands no longer. Oh, 